Hi, welcome to the Theta Gang Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Target. Hey, how's everybody doing? Um, let's just jump straight into earnings uh, because we're still very much in earnings season. Um, before open on Monday, we have Chegg. Uh, before open on Tuesday, there's Hasbro and Under Armour. I want to talk about Hasbro uh, after, but um, after close on Tuesday, you got Lyft and Denny's. Uh, before open on Wednesday, you have Shopify, CVS, Tiva. And then after close on Wednesday, you have Cisco and Applied Materials. Before open on Thursday, you got Yeti, Kraft, Waste Management, and Alibaba. After close on Thursday, you got Roku, NVIDIA, and Datadog, as well as Cloudflare. And then before open on Friday, let's have a moment of silence for Mr. Farmer 2, Canopy Growth, before open on Friday. All right, um, pretty eventful earnings. Definitely not as big as, say, like the last two weeks. It's definitely dying down now. Um, notable companies for Monday, I think Chegg is the biggest one. Uh, Wall Street Bets usually plays it pretty heavy. The memes are pretty dank. Um, but it's also the first day of the week, so people have not blown up yet from this week. So I see and imagine a lot of posts about Chegg, um, about earnings, but we'll see. I won't be playing it personally because I just don't know and don't follow Chegg enough to have it be familiar to me. And you guys know that I don't trade anything not familiar. So moving on to Tuesday, I think Hasbro is the most notable one. So Hasbro recently got hit pretty hard um, because of tariff news, right? Because a lot of their toys are made in China. Um, But something that isn't quite seen by most investors is Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast owns Magic the Gathering. And so Magic the Gathering is the most popular card game there ever is and ever will be, uh, I imagine. And what they're doing now is they're creating online games like Magic the Gathering Arena where they get to sell virtual packs. So they're increasing margin from just dev work. I mean, think about all the all the you know things that they don't have to worry about like supply chains and everything like that when they get more into just the virtual space, right? So Hasbro turning more and more into like a like a tech company. I don't really want to slam it with the word tech, but just the fact that they're making video games now, especially one that has high profit margins like uh, Magic Gathering, I think it's pretty dope. Um, so we're gonna see where it goes. I I would want to pick up Hasbro. Uh, if it dips, but otherwise I'd rather keep my capital free in case if there's any other good setups uh, later in the week. So I just want to talk really briefly about Lyft and companies like Lyft. It's like they're very focused on growth. Yeah, they're losing a lot of money like in a year, but their overall market that they're targeting, whether if it's food delivery or ride hailing, um, it's going to only go up. And so they're pricing in their stock in a way where they are very growth centric. And if they aren't growing, their stock is going to plummet because it's so priced in. So, um, and you can look up any sort of articles for Lyft and or Uber, right? About like why you should buy right now and how this 
this growth has not been priced in yet or you know maybe you should short this stock because it's definitely overpriced you will always be able to find a article that supports your opinion you just gotta make sure you have enough conviction to act on it and then when it does happen or when you do act on it and something doesn't go your way you have to have enough conviction to uh really i don't know like stay your ground you don't want to get psyched out because of some article that just so happened to pop up on the discussion thread, okay? You need to be able to buckle down on a position and really own up to it. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't be flexible and you shouldn't have stop losses or something like that, um, but you should definitely not be looking at other people for their opinion on trades. That is just something that I want to get across right now and something that needed to be uh, communicated because there are a lot of people doing it more than ever just because people are, don't know what they're doing and they're getting into this hobby and so just to get, just to get this across um, the, the points across I just want to say that earnings are dangerous it doesn't matter how much DD due diligence you do on anything uh, earnings can always go one way or another I promise that if it went down someone's gonna say on stock twits that it was profit taking and if the price goes up then it was super obvious because the oogla boogla indicator hit 20 and it was an obvious buy, right? So really, earnings are incredibly dangerous. Uh, you will find DD for any opinion you have. And if you do formulate your own opinion, I hope you go in with your own opinion and no one else's. You can absorb all the information you can ever want off the internet. It's up to you to formulate your own style of trading and up to you to find the... Uh, sources that help you the most uh, to find your own style right like you can't just follow someone's uh, like trades one for one you can't just follow someone's advice word for word because you need to understand why you're doing things and you need to pick and choose what works for your mentality and what doesn't work because oftentimes you can't really just change your mindset uh, it's your mindset's always something that's adapting that's growing that's evolving and um, just making sure that, again, you understand why you're doing things and you stick to your own convictions and learn from those, you're going to do a lot better than someone that just like blindly buying or selling options, right? Like that buying an option is not inherently bad and selling an option is not inherently good. You have to understand what the pros and cons of each are and then really stick to a system. But we'll get into that a little bit later in future episodes. All right, uh, rant number one over. Let's just move on. Um, next up, we got Shopify, or you know, next on the what I want to talk about list. Shopify is the leading e-commerce platform. Uh, when you talk about uh, like independent, uh, you know, retailers, um, if you have a brand, you do not develop your brand on Amazon. You develop your brand on a Shopify site that's branded for your product and doesn't just fit into some carousel that Amazon.com owns. Um, Shopify is in a unique space because it heavily focuses on e-commerce and custom retailer solutions like, oh, this is starting to sound like an ad. <laughs> but Shopify is super dope because e-commerce is growing every year. Um, and I mean, just think about all the things you've ever bought online. It's probably from a Shopify site, or if you were explicitly on Amazon or Target or Walmart.com, then you buy it from, obviously from those retailers. But Shopify, it's a dope stock. It's hard for me to press the buy button on the stock just because it's so expensive. And it, it, I don't know, you need a lot of capital to be able to build up uh, a good amount of shares to sell options with. So I choose to pick other stocks, but 
if I had the capital, I'd go long on Shopify. I just don't have enough free capital um, to just like willy-nilly buy Shopify. So I'll be looking at earnings. If it dips, I'd be pretty thankful. I'll reconsider pressing that buy button. Um, but if it moons, I mean, I'm just going to have FOMO and I'll just stay having FOMO. There's just no way uh, that uh, I'm going to buy it if it gaps. There's just no way. All right, well, we're nearing the end of the list. Let's go and talk about Alibaba. They are the Chinese Amazon dope stock. I mean, if you want to go long on a Chinese company, Baba is pretty, pretty much the company you want to go long on. Um, there's also Luckin Coffee, which is a company that I was previously long on, uh, but the shares got called away. Um, but that is a much more risky position, Luckin Coffee. Uh, definitely a growth play. Baba is also about growth, but they're definitely more formalized and a much larger market cap company. Moving on, uh, we got Roku. Uh, hope it doesn't make you broku. Please don't play earnings. Um, <laughs> uh, then you got Nvidia. Uh, they power a lot of the most powerful things you use uh, in terms of like computer power. Uh, if you need a powerful graphics card, to mine Bitcoin, if you need powerful uh, AI card for, I don't know, AI, <laughs> you're going to use NVIDIA, uh, their cards. So NVIDIA is definitely the future play. Um, I would love for NVIDIA to dip, and NVIDIA is not too expensive um, in terms of what, you know, the offer that they bring. Um, AMD is priced 200 times their current earnings. Uh, Nvidia is priced, I believe, like fifty. Let me let me double check that for you right now. Nvidia, Nvidia stock, boom, sixty four. Yeah, sixty four times. So Nvidia is much less of a growth stock uh, as far as semiconductors go, um, but it is a good stock because it's a good product, and that's coming from a big nerd uh, from Juni. So. I'll be looking at earnings. I'm going to be hoping it dips. If any of these companies I'm super bullish on dip far enough, I will press the buy button and my Patreon supporters will know. Um, otherwise, if they gap, I'll just FOMO-DOMO. Um, <laughs> so sad. Um, almost done here. Datadog is reporting after close on Thursday. Uh, they are a very growth-focused uh, data company, uh, and they are cloud-agnostic. Uh, meaning they just you know run over your cloud systems and just gather data that you can mine that you can do cool stuff with. They're very much like Splunk, um, but Splunk grows uh, a lot slower than Datadog because Datadog has not been reporting for all that all too long. Um, they recently spiked because they had like an eighty-eight percent or something like that revenue increase year over year. So that was a that was a big surprise. Um, we're going to see on their earnings call or hear on their earnings call uh, just how well they did uh, this last quarter. And so a lot, of, a lot of this next growth in the stock price is going to depend on um, just how well they can keep to that current trend of the 88% year-over-year uh, revenue increase. Um, Datadog, um, if you have enough capital and you're looking for a growth cloud stock, I mean, Datadog is hard to ignore. Um, there's also Cloudflare, but I don't follow Cloudflare enough to have a good opinion on it. Um, though I can stand for Datadog because I've used it before. So whether or not I play Datadog, uh, I'm still debating. 
Uh, but we'll go and just see if I end up buying shares or not post earnings. I think that's the more important play. Lastly, uh, you got your weed stocks, your dank 420s, um, canopy growth before open on Friday. This is what Mr. Farmer 2 uh, blew up on at very last uh, from his like one day 600K extravaganza. If everyone remembers that, I think that was like, I don't know, episode something in the 18s, 15s, 16s, one of those. Um, I don't know. I'm not really bullish on weed stocks. I don't follow enough about weed stocks for it to be of any value, at least in my opinion on them. So just going to reiterate what I've already said in this segment here is that earnings are dangerous. Whether if you think you are bullish on a position like I am on a few of these companies, I choose not to buy calls because I know earnings are dangerous. Um, If you can just take away anything from this, these last 10 minutes, please. Earnings are dangerous. All right, uh, let's move into the new website updates. There's a lot uh, this week. I worked really hard at work and also when I came home. This whole entire week has just been an entire blur. Um, but now I get to reap the rewards and talk about them on the podcast. So um, now you will see a red bubble over the notification bell on thetagain.com when you have a notification. I found it that even myself, I would forget that to check the notifications tab. So now you will see a red bubble if you ever get mentioned or any of the other triggers that give you notification. Uh, next up, straddles uh, will only show one strike price now because it just makes more sense because straddles have the same strike price. Um, it's just a little bit less uh, cognitive load when you're just like scrolling through the trades. Um, and it's to flex that, you know, your boy knows about options and this platform is being built ground up by an engineer that understands options, right? Like you can never hire someone to just build out a platform that has all these little tiny like quality of life improvements, um, especially for options. So, you know, I hope you guys feel like you're in good hands. Next up, uh, you can now tag earnings. So uh, what you'll do is you just normally fill out a trade like you normally would, but now at the very end, uh, right below your notes for when, you're, for when you open a trade, you can click this checkbox to designate if it's an earnings play. You can't quite filter it just yet. I'll get that feature in just a little bit later, but just know that if you check that checkbox and you'll see it in the trade that you open, that little uh, thing that updates while you uh, input your stuff. Um, you can see an earnings tag that will be show up in the box now if you check that checkbox. So this next uh, improvement uh, just brings a huge smile to my face because um, it's a bug report that was sent from a user. His name is Brian. Uh, Brian, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. And you've made it onto the podcast. You can tell your mama you made it. Um, you can now execute long straddles. And uh, it took this long for someone to finally open a long straddle. Um, and so, uh, before you couldn't quite go to the next step because there was just a bug, right? Like I just forgot, uh, some parameter to pass. Uh, if, if you're not engineer, this must go out one ear and out the other, but <laughs> yeah, it's super, super stupid, simple bug. Um, but he sent me a screenshot of it happening. He gave me the exact steps to reproduce the bug. It was the best bug email ticket I've ever received. And Brian, thank you for sending the bar. I wish everyone that sent me bugs did that. Um, but dude, 
awesome. I loved it. I loved every second of it. It's one of the few bugs where I was just so happy the entire time fixing it. Moving along here, we got uh, we had a user request last month, uh, and as you know, last month was a pretty big month for Theta Gang. I couldn't quite get it in, but now I did. So now uh, ThetaGang.com is now just a little bit more colorblind friendly. So in the PNL, when you're looking through all the trades on the front page, um, you'll notice that it's only red and green to designate the uh, profit loss. So if you're colorblind, that kind of blows. So now there's a plus or minus sign designating if it's a uh, win or loss, along with the color, right? So I thought that was a really dope request, and it feels really good getting that type of feature in. <laughs> All right, now it's the the piece of resistance. It's, <laughs> it's the Twitter trade alerts are finally here. Uh, and just to give a little bit of context, um, these last few months, uh, my Patreon supporters have been getting SMS text notifications of when I open and close trades. The biggest thing that I felt was lacking from that whole integration was the ability to communicate backwards. Like the users would only ever be able to get SMS notifications. They wouldn't be able to like say, uh, for example, like, hey, Junie, uh, you know, this trade doesn't have a max loss. I would prefer a trade with a max loss of say this much, do you have any recommendations? Or they could say like, hey Junie, uh, I don't see why you enter this trade or I'd like to know more of why you enter this trade. There is no good place to communicate those thoughts. Now this Twitter trade alerts will tweet out when I open a trade and you can ask me all the questions you ever wanna learn of like why I opened it or like how you open it and all that stuff. But the biggest, the biggest feature, and I'm like, I'm so pumped for this. The the trade bot will always retweet the original trade. So for example, the trade bot tweets when I open a trade, and when I close a trade. When the Twitter bot uh, closes a trade, it will retweet the trade that or the tweet that opened the trade, right? And sorry if that that didn't make sense. I hope it I hope it does. Um, so just know that whenever I close a trade, it will always retweet the original tweet that the trade was opened with. So you'll always know that, yeah, Junie did open this before or like Junie doesn't delete his uh, tweets because that's my biggest gripe about Fintwit. And that's why I hate it so much sometimes is that people lie or people only talk about their winners. But like your boy Junie is in his room right now, arms wide open, and I'm gonna show all of them, right? Of course, only for my patron followers, but I'm showing all of them. Like every closing tweet will have the original tweet of the trade that was opened. I feel like no one else does that, and I'm here. I I don't I don't care, right? I don't I'm I'm in it for you guys. I'm trying to promote transparency. We're getting it. It's 2020. If anyone wants to talk poop about me, they're gonna have to show their trades because your boy is real is here is present bruh like you you cannot come to me and say my trades suck if you don't have anything to show for it that's just first and foremost and that's why i'm going to build you the best platform there is because i'm real with rant number two over uh i like to just quickly promote the patreon.com slash thetagang uh, where you can, in fact, sign up for these trade alerts um, and also have perks, including Discord and all that other cool stuff. So just go check it out, patreon.com slash thetagang. 
before we hop into today's topic, I want to go ahead and just reaffirm that you can always view all of my trades, at least my closed ones, uh, at thetagang.com slash junie. So uh, maybe you won't be able to see the trades that are currently open, but you can in fact see every single trade I've made since I've created thetagang.com. Okay, um, you know, I had an entire episode planned for a different topic, but I just recently got an email um, from a listener that wanted to know the difference between a credit and debit spread. And so he also already told me that he gave uh, the previous episodes a listen, and the maybe the concepts were... Um, were there, but like the connections didn't, the, the connections didn't connect, right? Like he didn't quite understand the difference between debit and credit, um, but he did understand what a spread was, right? Like you do understand that a spread caps your max loss, it also caps your max profit, but he didn't quite understand debit versus credit. So let's go and debunk that in today's episode, and I promise the next episode will be um, the, the planned episode. And you know, right before we start, you gotta, you guys gotta realize how close you are to the platform, right? You can literally email me, like saying, "Juni, hey, uh, I'm colorblind, and the PNLs, the colors, like, uh, I, it's hard to tell for me to see what's a profit and what's a loss." Boom! And the next month, hey, you got pluses and minuses, or it's like, "Hey, Juni, uh, you know, this thing is broken," and boom, hey, it's fixed, all from an email. Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy how small theta gang still is and you know there are just a little less than 2,000 people right now signed up uh but i'm very much still just doing this as a passion project right like if you send me an email saying like hey you want this feature there's a good chance it's gonna get in um if it's asked nicely and if i think it fits the platform and it fits the vision it's going to get in and i think uh there's a lot of cool things that are immediately coming um that are going to make the quality of life especially for your own profile way better there's like a lot of changes uh that are being ran through the weeds right now uh just to make sure that this is in fact the change that i want to do um, but i think you guys are gonna be really happy with it and i just want to let you guys and girls know that hey this is still a small platform this is still a passion project and if you ever feel like you want anything more out of it uh if you feel like you want some things to change always voice your opinion it's cool with me so speaking about voicing uh your opinion or maybe voicing your question today's question is debit versus credit and like what's the difference and so like when would you want to do one over the other um i think the best way to define debit or credit is whether in fact you pay or get paid for your position. So let's say for example, uh, you do a call credit spread. Now let's say that Apple is trading at $100 and maybe you're not like immediately bearish, but you're like, eh, there's no way Apple is going to jump 5% this month because of the coronavirus and Apple stores are closed. So then you look at the 105 call and you're saying, you know, no, it's, Apple's not going to go up 5%, so I'm going to sell the 105. But then you want to be protected just in case, just in case if China found a vaccine to the coronavirus, you buy the 110 call. So that is the 105 110 call 
credit spread. So if you sell the 105 call and you buy the 110 call, you basically know everything you need to know to determine if it's going to be a credit or debit spread. So let's talk about that. Um, the 105, because it's closer to 100, because remember, Apple is trading at $100. The 105 is more expensive because it is more probable, correct? Right? Like when you think about it, if you were to just buy the 105 versus the 110, the 105 is more expensive. Um, so if you sell the 105, it's still the same price. You're just writing the contract for it. You sell the 105. Let's just say, for example, in this world, it's like 40 bucks to sell the 105, right? You collect $40 when you sell it. When you buy the 110 for insurance, because you think that you know you want to be protected if they find that vaccine, the 110 is going to cost less than the 105 because it is less probable to happen. So you collected 40 bucks to sell the 105, and you spend maybe like five bucks to buy the 110 to cap your uh, max loss there for a call credit spread. So you net. 35 bucks and that's why it's called a call credit spread because you received money for the trade you got paid so i don't want you to freak out and be like okay so now i gotta memorize what a put debit spread is a put credit spread and a call debit spread and a call credit spread like don't think you need to like inherently like memorize those uh, because that's that's a horrible way to learn how these trades work um, just think about it as if you are selling the closer to the money option and buying further out, you're just receiving more credit because the one that you're selling is more expensive than uh, the one that you're buying, right? It's like common sense almost. But I get it. When you're first looking at options, there's so many other factors that you're trying to like load into your brain that might confuse you but just really take a step back and just focus on okay this one's more expensive and this is the one that i'm selling and then i'm buying the cheaper one for insurance so i'm collecting or otherwise i'm getting credit flip that and you buy the more expensive one and you sell or write the uh less expensive one you are paying to get into the trade and that is a debit spread so whichever side you're on put or call if you are buying the closer to the money uh option you are then inherently selling the less expensive one which of course means you have to pay to enter the position so i'm pretty happy with how i explained that i think that was really concise and um if you have any other questions hopefully other resources online can help you out but that's as explained like I'm five I can get um, while still keeping up with some of the jargon there. Um, let's just quickly talk about why other strategies don't quite have the word credit in their name or debit. Like why is it that the four trades here, um, you know, the put credit spread, put debit spread, uh, call credit spread, call debit spread. Like why are those the ones that have credit and debit in their name? Um I would probably like to attribute it to those are like the beginner trades. Those are like the dead simple spreads. Um, and you just need some sort of way to designate which side you are when you do do them. There, you could probably say long call spread maybe. 
like a long vertical. I know that's what that they call them sometimes. Um, and you can get away with short put spread, maybe. But just generally, I think most platforms call it the like uh, call credit spread, call debit spread, and etc. Um, but just to put it in perspective, a put credit spread and a call credit spread at the same time, you know, maybe a few strikes apart, are uh, is called an iron condor. We haven't talked about it yet. It's a neutral strategy. We're, we'll talk about it eventually. Um, but just know that there are names for all of these different combinations calls and puts uh like for example if you sell a put and you sell a call at two different strike prices call short strangle if you sell them both at the same strike price it's called a straddle or a short straddle um it's it's really daunting to just go into the options playbook and be like wow look at all these types of trades but i promise i i wish i could use bad words here to accentuate how much i care about what i'm about to say but i promise that if you just really master the put credit spread and call credit spread and then slowly accentuate like how much max loss you're willing to uh put into your risk appetite or your risk tolerance you're going to learn a lot and a lot faster than someone that is new that joins that gets himself into all these different weird option strategies just do the plain and simple like how i started you can go into my trade history at thetagame.com slash juni um and you can look at my very first few ones like i just did call credit spreads and put credit spreads very sparingly very small max losses because i was just testing the waters i saw thetagame on wall street bets and i was like you know I, this seems like a pretty cool idea and i just ran with it right like um so really just focus on the basics uh and that's why i choose not to include any of the uh super complicated maybe not super complicated i don't want to make it seem like it's super daunting but i prefer to emphasize the basics um just like any other expert in their hobby would tell you focus on the basics and fundamentals first it's very much the same in finance it's especially the same finance because you can't get carried away with your ego in this hobby because you will get burned i want to go ahead and remind everyone that's already signed up for the tasty works uh with the tasty works referral code um, Theta Gang, all caps, one word. Um, it takes about a month for me to report, uh, get a report back from you know my liaison, uh, the person taking care of me on the Tastyworks team, uh, to verify that you were qualified. Um, but it's been a month for January, so if you used it in January, I'm about to get the list very soon. So go ahead and email me at juni at thetagang.com, and I'll go ahead and set you up with the trade alerts for a month or two. Um, and then go ahead and like I said, uh, if you want to use the Theta Gang uh, referral code for when you sign up on Tastyworks, that's again Theta Gang one word, all caps. Um, if you qualify, you'll get a month uh, of trade alerts um, and also a few other perks, including a flare and etc. Uh, you could go ahead at follow me at realthetagang.com, uh, and then you can also follow me on unrealthetagang.com uh, if the patron supporters, if you guys are listening this far. Um, you can email me any bug features or you know requests, compliments, anything at juni at 
And now I want to announce, if you're listening this far, your boy got the sweaters, or at least the first print run. Um, so these sweaters do, in fact, have the logo on the top left of the chest, and they have first edition written along the cuff. It looks super sick. I'm about to do a shoot soon. Um, but here's the thing. I'm going to continue giving updates at the very end of the podcast. And when I do announce it, it's actually going to be a hidden button on the website. It's going to be literally an invisible button. It's going to take you to the secret shop. It's going to be super dope. But you got to listen for whenever I announce on the podcast. But a lot of people don't quite make it this far. So congrats if you do. Um, And yeah, I just want to go ahead and give extended shout outs to all these patron supporters that do make things like the sweater and all of all of this cool stuff that you're seeing on the site um just come alive so again thank you to nathan de selva vicious poultry ddss 699 abel option options tishi hard 94 fox 624 simon says ryzen 1020 Saeed 1973 leo jetson master john z hp larry associate k Moist Towelette, Whippy123, Anthony511, Andrew E.C. Kim, L. Finkel, Mitch Brady7, Mark James It, Make More 2, Eberio Rice, The Iron Man, Van Trader, Siriums, Hashbrown441, Dad, Mike D, Monkey48, and Samus from Great State of Texas. Yeet! Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for everything. I think the sweater thing is going to just... That is, is going to be tight. It is going to be super sick. Um... Yeah, I don't got anything else to say. I will catch you guys next week. Thanks.